Yo, what's good, everybody? And welcome back to episode two of the Gaming Hour podcast, a podcast where me and my buddy sit down and talk about all things gaming. But before we get into the topic of the day, David, how's your day been, buddy? Yeah, it's been good. How about yourself? Yeah, it's been all right. Uh, I just got back from soccer. We lost again. Oh. We haven't won a single game. You know, you it's know great. Only way up, it was only way is up, as Drake once said, like, started from the bottom and now we're still at the bottom, but you'll get there. <laughs> you'll uh, get I hope there. we can win at least one game. You know, that's all I'm really asking for. It's a co-ed league. It's just for fun. I mean, we drink beers in the parking lot afterwards. I mean, that's probably, <laughs> like, the best part about playing co-ed soccer these days. You know, just for shits and gigs, but... Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. It gets me out there on Sundays, and I have a good yeah. time. So, how's your day been? Yeah, I was painting today, unfortunately. So, I've actually got very white hands, right? Whiter than usual, but, like, yeah. So, I've just kind of chilled, watched some football. I watched some Scottish football, and then painted. And then, yeah, I'm here, ready to rock and roll with our little podcast. All right, that's great. I mean... Guys, we have a pretty big one for you guys today, and the main question, or I should say the main topic of today's question is, where do we see the future of gaming? I mean, that's a huge topic, and there's a lot of questions that surround that big question. So, David, when do you, like, when do you see the transition happening, like, the big change? Like, where do you see the future going in gaming? That's a, that's a that's a question and a half right there. Um, to be honest, hopefully, or in my opinion, I think in the next six, five to six years, I see the transition going from like more of a physical to like a kind of digital kind of age. Again, everything's up in the air with like kind of internet speeds and everything like that. But hopefully, like. Again, it's things can kind of escalate and get moving forward in the right direction. But at the end of the day, it's all about the games, in my opinion. So as long as the games are good, fuck it. I don't really care where we're at. Like, you can let me stream it. But as long as I'm playing a banging game, like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'll be happy. How about yourself? When do you see it kind of transitioning? transitioning? I, I honestly think it's going to happen sooner than we think. Okay. Uh, the PlayStation 5... And the Xbox Series X just came out about nine months ago. And this was the first time in history where they both came out with two different SKUs of their console. The digital console and the physical console. And I'm thinking that the next generation, the PlayStation 6 and the Xbox, whatever they decide to call it, might go all digital. Um I mean, this was unprecedented, right, to have a, yeah. a digital console launch day one beside a physical console. So, yeah, you're right. And probably the the next five, six years, seven years, whenever Sony and Microsoft are ready to, to uh, push out their next console, I think we might be leaning towards an all-digital future at that point. Right now, uh, you know, they're holding off with, you know, giving the people who want a physical console – the ability to buy physical media. Um, But after that, I think they're giving us a a grace period right now. But next console generation, I think we're going all digital. Okay, because, like, 
again, in the future, like, there's it's either going to be all digital or all physical. Like, what do you see? Do you see, like, physical games, like, disappearing and becoming, like, a relic of the time? Or do you see, like, them still being around? Like, how's your kind of opinion on that? Like, I'm kind of curious, like, what you think of that as well. See, that's a great question. I mean, there's companies out there, like, uh, what's that company that makes physical games with digital copies, David? Uh, what's that Lim- company called? Oh, Limited Run. Lim- right. Like, that company won't be able to exist, right? Like, let's just say the PlayStation 6 comes out and Sony doesn't make a console with a disk drive. How are they supposed to make digital con- like digital copies of a game? Like, where are you supposed to put your disk? Uh, like that leaves a lot of questions, right? Yeah. I so I mean, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a, it's going to be like a weird future. I mean, the stats are already kind of proving itself, where more people are buying physical copies of games than they are with digital copies. I think it's like sixty to forty for digital. Maybe at this point, seventy to thirty percent. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure, but somewhere around that window and. As the, as time goes by, it's only going to get bigger, and the gap's only going to get wider for digital versus physical. What about you, David? Like, where do you see the digital versus physical media kind of kind of yeah. going? Yeah, I agree 100% with you. Like, Limited Run Games is, again, it's a company that uses indie games to develop, and they use, like, indie games are uh, digital only, and they make a copy of the game, and usually these... Uh, copies of games become stupidly ridiculously collectible and then go up in price to the point of where no one can really afford them. But I was thinking about this as well. There's already platforms that have been doing digital only for many years. Like look at Steam for example. When did Steam start? Like the nineties, like kind of late nineties, early two thousands. And the amount of like people they have on that, because again, mostly PC you can get physical dish, like copies of games, but my god, like if you can find one, like good on you, because my god, it's probably impossible. But digital only is the way that kind of PCs work and nowadays. And it's the, one of the big questions is, is the consoles going to become like PC boxes or like virtual boxes where we're cl- we're going to connect to it and then we'll play our games that way? Like it's kind of a crazy kind of time, isn't it? That we're living in. Like I remember what. Ten years ago, I was sitting going to EB Games buying Modern Warfare 2 or buying physical copies of games. You and me going into Best Buy and having a great time looking at games and what we're going to be doing nowadays, sitting online talking to one another going, hey, we should maybe look at getting this game. (laughs) It's just going to be a kind of crazy time period, I think, and I'm not too sure about it. Like, it's, it's quite a... Quite a crazy time, I think, when when it's going to happen. Like again, when it does happen, it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be one of those things where it's not going to be the best if it's not laid out well. That's just my you opinion. Know, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a laptop with a disk drive. And when people build their PCs, a lot of people just opt out a disk drive. They're like, I'm never going to use that on my PC, so what's the point in adding that in, right? I mean, look at it, look at us right now. I mean, the the all digital PlayStation Five is a hundred dollars cheaper than the physical disc uh, version of the PlayStation Five, right? I mean, they're already charging us like a premium of a hundred dollars just to have a disc drive in their console, and we both know that it doesn't cost a hundred dollars to put a disc drive in a console, but 
they're putting it out there for those hardcore people who want to have games on their shelves, right? It's true. And that's only going to get smaller as time goes on, like I said earlier. I mean, more and more people are moving towards a digital future, and it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of putting like a strangle on our necks, especially for the people who love physical copies like you and I. I mean, I, like I said earlier, like what's going to happen to companies like Limited Run? Are they still going to make physical editions, but in, in, instead of having like a physical disc, there's just like a code for the game? <laughs> I mean, at that point, like what's going to be the point, right? Like, do I want to have a this game where I just have a, a bunch of knickknacks, maybe a statue, and then I get a code? Like, <sighs> it's it's going to be very difficult for them, or or is, is a company like Limited Run going to be stuck to only making games for like last gen consoles, right? Like, oh, they'll they'll keep printing out games for like the PlayStation Five or PS4 or like older console generations where there's still a disc drive or there's a cartridge spot like a like the the uh, Nintendo Switch. I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. So, what do you think is gonna happen, David, to the physical market? I mean, we have these shelves worth of games. Like, do you think the value of physical games are going to go up or do you think they're going to go down? I mean, are people going to want these or do you think like physical copies are going to go the way of like VHS or like something like that? Like, where do you, where do you see like the future in, in yeah. physical games? No, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, to be honest, I see it as they're going to go up because Again, like VHS and DVDs, like it's a movie, so you only really watch the movie once, and then you're pretty much done with it. To be honest, like you'd rather just stream a movie. That's just me. But with a game, for example, like it's got like a nostalgia feeling because there again, there's two types of playability as well, right? Hundred percent. There's two types of people. There's people that will buy to collect, and there'll be people that buy to play. So. Say, for example, like, yeah, you want to replay, like, Modern Warfare 2, for example. Like, I could just whip out my Xbox 360 or my Xbox One, get the disc, throw that in there, then kind of, I can play it backwards compatibly. And there's a lot of people that will do that, but if we're going into a future where there's no disc trays, like, how are we possibly going to do it? Because look at, for example, like, the PS3. The PS3, there's the the kind of fatter one that has a backwards compatibility for PS2 games. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, PS1, that, PS2, and PS3. Yeah, and the value of those things have like, skyrocketed to, I don't know how much they're going for Canadian prices, but I know for pounds it's like somewhere between like £150 for what, a 20-year-old or a 10-year-old? Yeah, I've been country. seeing them kind of going towards like 300 maybe a little bit yes. higher for a, a very good condition one. Jeez. And the thing is, is like that kind of sets the tone of where that my opinion is, is what's going to happen with the price of games. Like people are going to be like, all right, OK, I'm going to buy these to hold on to and collect. And then later on, like I can look back on them with fond memories or you can sell them. Like I don't think because the thing is, it's kind of like Pokemon when it's got when the, the you open up the pack and you find out you've got a Charizard, for example, you either like hold on to it for the rest of your life. And then 20 years, you're like, oh, look, I've got a base set Charizard. And people are like, oh, my God, this is going for £120,000. And then people are like, oh, it's kind of crazy. Like, 
it's the value that's going to go through the roof of these games, in my opinion. Like again, these are going to go up in value, and oh, there's only kind of certain games that will. But like, it's one of those things where I believe it's only going to go up because people are going to miss it. Like, it's like if you take away something from someone, they're going to want to miss it and they're going to want it back. Like, what do you think? I agree with you. I also think physical copies of games are going to go up in value, and the main reason why is because companies like Nintendo are so slow with, like, bringing back uh, legacy titles. I mean, people, like, again, like, the value and the prices of GameCube games have gone through the roof. Why? One, there's nostalgia around it. It's a 20-year-old console. People love the GameCube. And two... The only way to play GameCube games officially is by actually buying a GameCube and playing those games. Nintendo has never re-released uh, their games on like an e on their eShop or anything like that, and so people are forced to go out there and buy the physical copy of the games that they used to love and play as a kid. I mean, if you want to play Super Smash Bros. Melee, the only way to play Super Smash Bros. Melee is to buy a GameCube and buy the game. If Nintendo just one day wanted to release every single game they've ever made on their next uh, on their next console, I mean, yeah, that would probably affect the value of physical games, but the likelihood of that ever happening is so slim. Nintendo does a poor job with their legacy titles. They just re-release Mario, and they charge you every <laughs> single time. Like, I probably own five versions of Super, the original Super Mario Brothers. Why? Because every time I buy it, I can't transfer it over to their next console, and it's so frustrating, right? And so the value of these physical games are always going to be there as long as there's nostalgia and good memories. And so for games like that, the prices are always going, going to be high. They're always going to be sought after. I mean, as you and I get older and we start to have a family of our own, we're going to want to share these memories with our kids, and hopefully they'll enjoy them like we did way back in the day, and and that trend's only going to continue from there. So, I mean, it's a give and take. I I do truly believe that there's going to be games that are going to stay relevant and stay expensive for years and years to come, and then, of course, there's always going to be games that are going to stay cheap because they're available on on the store, on like any kind of store, the PlayStation store, the Microsoft store, Steam, something like that. And so that'll help keep the value low and and it'll stay relevant in people's minds. But there's mm-hmm. always going to be those games that are going to fall through the cracks and they're never going to see another re-release again, right? So yeah. that's just, just how I feel about that. Just one more point as well. Like I was thinking about this. So usually when you buy a game, there's two editions. There's the disc-only version. And then there's the disc with the collector's edition. Like, what's going to happen to collector's editions? Like, are they just going to be like, yo, here's a code and a bunch of shit that you don't really want, like a statue and then a code? Like, why would you want to say, like, oh, okay, I'll get, like, this code and then I'll get a statue? And, like, people are just not going to want this. And, like, if it's going to go down the kind of code route with, like, to redeem it, do you think games are going to become, like, cheaper or...? What do you think? Uh, that's a great question, and that's already happened a couple times this last generation. So, mm-hmm. for example, when um, Sonic Mania came out, 
I bought the collector's edition. It came with, like, this statue of Sonic standing on, like, a Sega Genesis. And whenever you, like, powered it up on the little Sega Genesis, it would do the whole Sega. And, like, I really wanted that statue, right? But the, it didn't come with a physical copy of the game. It came with a code inside this big box. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, uh, Sega released a physical version of Sonic Mania. And that bothered the fuck out of me. I'm like, I spent, I don't know, $100 for this statue and a digital code. And then a year later, you guys, like, release a physical version of Sonic Mania. Like, that upset me. And there's been other collector's editions out there that have, like, I've had just, like, huge question marks. Like, why the hell did you ever release this? For example, there was a Red Dead Redemption 2 big collector's edition where it came in, like, this big chest. It came with, like, a, a coin inside, like, this, like, plastic, this hard plastic thing and, like, a bunch of knickknacks. But this collector's edition was, like, $300, and it didn't even come with a, the game. It didn't come with the game. It was just a super collector's edition. didn't come with the game. And I'm like, who the hell would buy this, right? And so, like, we're already seeing collector's editions kind of just, I don't know, coming out and not hitting the mark, and they're already kind of packing in uh, digital codes, and I'm not, I'm not here for it. So like mm-hmm. that does worry me. And I, again, like if the PlayStation, the next, ver- the next console that comes out, the PlayStation Six, only is is all digital and there's no disc drive. Like I think limited runs going to be in a lot of trouble because yeah. they're not going to be able to pack in a disc because again, like where are you going to put it, right? And I'm not going to want a lot of the knickknacks unless I really, really want it. So it's going to be tough for them. And I, I don't know. I guess it's it's tough for you and I because we're both physical copy. We love physical copies and we love having it on our shelves. Mm-hmm. But I also know that you and I are in, are in the minority. We're old. Yep. I don't know. Older. We're only 27 years old, guys. We're not that old. But we just love physical copies, and it's it's hard for us to like let it go. But there's going to it's going to be we're going to come to a day where we're going to have to let it go, or we're just going to have to collect for you know legacy consoles. And unfortunately, that's just how it's going to have to go. So yeah, I actually agree as well. Like there is a lot of other ones. Like I was I was just looking up games. There like Mass Effect Andromeda. It just came with a car. Um. That's one of the other ones that never came with a uh, kind of like just came with a statue and without a game disc. Which again, it's EA and they're making a game that wasn't that good with just a disc without a disc. Like here, you can own a car. How do you well, feel about that? Does that bother you? Like when a collector's edition doesn't even come with a physical copy? I I, I also think uh, there was also like a Gears of War. It was either four or five. There was also a big special edition, I believe, that also didn't come with the copy of the game. And I was like, why? Like, why yeah, are you Ge- doing this? It was Gears of War 5 because it had the, yes. the, the, the statue and didn't have anything else attached to it. Yeah, I remember that one as well. Like, does that bother you? Yeah, it was a draw. It does, actually. It's just it's because, like, like... These collector's edition costs, like, hundreds of dollars, and you don't even, yeah. like, pack in, like, a disc? Like, what the fuck? Exactly. I 100% agree with that as well, like... Why would I buy? Why would I be buying this collector's edition that doesn't have the game? Like, why the fuck do I want to own own a uh, Gears of War drone or a Mass Effect RC car? Like, no offense, but if I was to go out and buy one of these things, I'd actually buy like the good quality one rather than a game 
it's pretty much what the games industry is doing is they're buying like cheap shit and slapping their game title onto it to make it more expensive and they're not giving us the game like I know it's expensive to print out like a disc as well but still like fuck like come on like you're paying upwards of $250 for an RC car for Mass Effect like are you fucking joking with me like nah that's unacceptable in my book like that's beyond unacceptable as gamers, they should be like helping the gamers want a game. <laughs> that does not help the gamers want well, a game. Weird. I mean, they're <laughs> creating a product, right? They want to entice people, but that is not enticing people. If anything, that's turning people off. Yeah, it is. Because if someone is going to spend hundreds of dollars, that usually means that they're a hardcore gamer, right? Your typical mom and dad that's going out to EB Games to like buy their kid a game. They're not buying the collector's edition. They're just buying the base game, right? Yeah. So whenever a company comes out with a special edition, collector's edition, whatever the fuck you want to call it, they're targeting the hardcore audience. And there's a good chance that hardcore audience likes physical games. So whenever it does cut with, when it, whenever it doesn't come with a physical copy, it's like a middle finger, at least to me. Like, it's a huge turnoff. And I was actually kind of intrigued by the Gears of War 5 one. I thought, like, the, uh, what's the main character? Like, uh. Oh, Cat. No, Cat. no, no, it's the um, son, uh, Marcus Phoenix's son. Is his name oh, John? Uh. Oh, Bob. Okay, Bob. Let's just call him Bob for this case. <laughs> like, he's sitting on, like, that motorcycle. And I thought okay. it was, like, a pretty cool statue. But without it having, like, a copy of the game, I was like, no. I'm not going to spend two, three hundred dollars, whatever you're charging me. It's just not worth it. You're so like a trap as well. Like, say for example, like you're just a tip of like a kind of you're an avid gamer, right? And you're like, oh, I'm going to go with my mom or dad, and you see this stat, this collector's edition, and they don't advertise. I know for a fact they do not advertise on the no. box that it doesn't have the game. So, say for example, you walk to your mom and you're like, hey, mom, I really want to get Gears of War, and your mom's like. That's a bit expensive, son. But you're like, oh, it's Christmas. And you're like, all right, fuck it. I'll get it. So your mom has just invested $200 plus on this box. And then you are so excited for this game. You've been looking it up all Christmas. And you're like, oh, this is going to be really fun. Like, I'm going to kill people with my friends. And then you open up this box and there's just a fucking motorbike. Like, honestly, like I sympathize for those type of people because I feel like that's a bit of a trap. Like, I genuinely feel like usually yeah. people EV games should be advising you, but nine out of ten times, they don't give a fuck because they're the type of people who'll be like, yo, we're getting money for this shit. No one's probably else is going to buy it. So you can sell us. So we can sell this to Timmy's mum and she can take the hit on it. And that's just, that's just as a gamer, I'm just like, oh, like, that's such a kick in the balls. Just like, just for me, because I'm like, oh, like, I really want people to experience games and, like, have their own, like, kind of, like, history made on a game. Like, everyone wants to play games. Like, you and me have been playing games for 10, 15 years. Um, <laughs> oh, I've been playing since I was, like, as soon as I possibly could, like, four years old, probably. So you, like, popped out where you're playing, like, on the game? Uh, or that? Like, yeah, I guess so, Yeah. <laughs> But this, this bullshit, but this bull, like this bullshit, is getting more and more common. And I can't necessarily put the blame on like that EB Games employee because they there's a good chance they don't even know, right? 
I mean, most people expect a collector's like a collector's edition, sorry, to like come with a physical copy of the game. But sometimes like they're not aware. I mean, again, you could literally spend one second, turn the box around and take a look at the back of the box and see what comes included in it. But <laughs> I don't know. Some people aren't very smart and they just kind of <laughs> no, just purchase like something, bring it home and don't think twice about it. Or some people don't do their research, right? So, yeah, it's uh, tough. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree on that statement as well. Like, but do you think games are like, cause like, you know how Steam and everything like that, like, there's a lot of kind of sales that go on in Steam. Do you think that will be brought into the future of gaming? Because from my point of view, as I've got a Steam account and I'm not a PC gamer, like, I, I played one PC game in my life and it was like Team Fortress and I had a, very bad addiction to that game because I genuinely loved that game and I used to play it all the time on PC and I also played Minecraft but that wasn't on Steam when I was playing it. We had to make it like a JavaScript and we had to make a Java server and everything like that. I was one of the hardcore people that actually had a JavaScript server in our house. So throwback, shout out to those guys back there. But <laughs> I don't know, do you think things are going to become like more like Steam where it's more regularly regular, regulated and cheaper as well, or what do you think? I would hope so, but I don't think so. Okay. Um, and here's why. They're, the games seems to be, the games are getting more and more expensive. I mean, at one point in time, games cost $50, and then they creeped up to $60, and now here in Canada, games cost $80, right? And... There are pretty regular sales on the PlayStation Store and same with the Microsoft Store. Nintendo tends to have pretty bad sales, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I don't really check the eShop all that much. I did this morning. And really? Yeah, I did. I turned on my Switch because I'm playing a game for Backlog Thursdays. And, uh, again, shout I'm not going to gonna get Thursdays. too... Yeah, shout out to Backlog Thursdays. I'm not going to talk about the game I'm playing. I'm, we're going to save that for the next podcast, but... Yeah, so I was on the eShop, and I'm like, the sales aren't that great, you know? Like, oh, Among Us is $3 from a $7 game or whatever, and I'm like, ooh, like, big deal. Like, Sony does a pretty good job at having sales almost every week, maybe every other week. Mm-hmm. But do I think, like, the base price, right? Like, instead of games being $80, if if it's an all-digital feature, will it, will it drop back down to, like, $60, for example? I don't think it will. I, I truly don't. I mean, if you get your customer accustomed to paying a certain price, why the hell would you ever bring it back down? I mean, you're just cutting your profits at that point, right? So if, if the price is $80 right now, and let's say the next console generation is all digital, I think the base price is never going to change, other than yeah. like if there's a sale. I kind of disagree with you. And like, in a way, just... Hear me out here before you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, go for it. (laughs) Think of it this way. Um, Every games developer has its own streaming service now. Um, Xbox has got Game Pass. PlayStation's got shitty PlayStation now. EA's got EA Play. Only one doesn't really have it is Ubisoft. Like, fuck knows what they're doing. And Nintendo, Nintendo, right? But I'm thinking about it from a market perspective is... 
the games industry hates the third party. So whenever a game and when a game when the games industry makes a game, they make the game and then they have to sell it on to distributors to sell their game on for them. So they take a huge it's a, it's a significant like profit cut to sell these games on. So why don't they just make their own streaming service like they've been doing and then just stream it and then set that price and then everyone will pay that price? It's the Netflix domino effect because think about it this way. If I say to you, Josh, I'm like, hey, Halo Infinite is coming out on Game Pass. We have to play it, right? What will happen is we'll most likely buy like one month of Game Pass and we'll play it, have a great time. But say, for example... You're like, oh, PlayStation, not really having any kind of banger games that I've been playing lately. But you go onto the Game Pass, you're like, oh, this has actually got like, a good few games on here. Like, wow, like there's quite a lot of games that I'm kind of interested in. So you're like, okay, I'm going to hold on to Game Pass for this month. And then next month, you don't cancel it. And then the month afterwards, you don't cancel it. And then you just kind of leave it and forget about it. Like, in my book, I think that could possibly play into effect because a lot of people don't... There's a lot of people out there that don't really care about, like, don't check, like, bank statements, and they don't check their account, and they just see this coming off, and they're just like, all right, fuck it, like, I, I can pay for it. It's only $7.99 a month. And the thing is, is, like, in my opinion, I think game publishers are going to make a lot more um, in this kind of kind of market. They're going to make streaming services, and you'll have to subscribe to them to play the next greatest game because it's a lot cheaper for them to stream it and make it as a streaming service so you can download it rather than you having to go to the store, buy it from your EB games, your Amazon, your game, and then they'll lose a small percentage on that game. Like, that's just, just a way. Yeah, I can no, understand. 100%. I mean, I mean, the publishers and the companies already make more money off digital sales than they do physical sales. So, like, for example, uh, I don't know. That next big game comes out, right? And it costs eighty dollars. You can either buy it on the store on the storefront for eighty dollars, or you can buy a physical copy of the game for eighty dollars. But the developer and the publisher aren't going to make the full eighty dollars off of that physical sale, right? Because it costs money to get the disc printed. It costs oh. money to make a case, the artwork the shipping costs to go out there to these big box retail stores. And then uh, those retail stores also have to make like a cut on it. And so like once you factor all that stuff in, I mean, I don't know exactly what the number would be, but they might only make like $60, for example, off of that physical copy instead of the full 80. And I understand like, uh, companies don't make the full 80 off of a digital store as well because Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo also get a, like a, a cut off the sale, but it's not it's not as big of a cut than the physical market, right? So, yeah. so again, like that's why we've been seeing a digital future because these publishers and developers are making more money off digital sales. It just makes more sense. Let, let's get less waste out there into the world and let's start using less plastic, blah, 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 so on and so forth. It <laughs> just makes more sense. No, I don't think they, they don't give a <laughs> shit about the environment. Uh, they care about money and they make more money off digital, digital sales 
and that's why they're leading so hard on it, and that's why we're seeing such a push, right? So, yeah. I, I agree. With so, so David, like, what are some of the benefits and negatives of going all digital? Uh, probably the main one is internet speeds, in my, my opinion. Um, so I know if I, I just looked this up before the podcast because I was kind of curious to know what the average speed of like a household is in Ontario. And I'll let you guess, what do you think it is, Josh? Dude, I won't even fucking know. My internet's so bad. I live I live out in the middle of the country, guys. Like, oh, whenever I'm playing games with the boys, they're always just be like, bro, like, your hamster's not running fast enough. Like, it's an inside joke. Like, I live in the middle of nowhere. The The availability of, like, internet providers out here is very slow, like, very slim. And I'm just dealing with the best that I have. <laughs> Which isn't the best. It's I did so a bad. speed test. What was it, David? Like eighteen megabytes. Yeah. So before this podcast, I was kind of curious. I was like, "All right, Josh, what's your speed test?" And his is eighteen megabits per second, and the average speed in the whole of Ontario is fifty-nine megabits per second. So, Josh, you're forty megabits per second less. How does this make you feel? I'm like four <laughs> times slower than like the average household. It's so funny. So, like, whenever I have to download a game, yeah. like, David will, like, buy something on his PlayStation uh, store, and he'll be like, bro, like, download this. We'll play this together. I'm like, yeah, we'll have to play tomorrow because <laughs> so true. I have to download this game throughout the entire night. I put my console in sleep mode, and then the next the next night, I'm like, okay, David, my game finished downloading. Like, let's do this. And it sucks. It really yeah, it does is. suck. It's so funny because when Josh is playing, usually we play Fall Guys. You can tell when his internet is going because he starts to sound like, and we're like, Josh, your 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 internet's going slow, and he's like, there's and then he just disconnects, and it's one of those things where we're like, well, Josh is dead, or he'll send me a text message saying, sorry, there's been a power cut, and I'm like, what the hell, like, there's been a power cut? He's like, yeah, I live in the middle of nowhere. It's just. It's so bad because the thing is, is like, this is why I kind of think all the games industry is they've been holding out for so long not to go in a digital future because, again, the average speed around the world is so different. Like, again, Ontario says it's 59 megabits per second, but Josh is running 18 megabits per second. Nowadays, games that are coming out digitally or digital only are huge. Like, look for example, Red Dead to 150 gigabytes. That that'll take Josh a day and a bit, like quite literally a day and a bit of just non-stop downloading to actually get that download complete. The right, thing is, and I bought a physical copy, right? So <laughs> it didn't take me. It didn't take me that long. Instead of it taking like a day and a half for me, uh, Red Dead Two came with like an install disc. And I was able to play, like, the same day, which was really beneficial to me. But, yeah, sorry, buddy, go on. Yeah, no, so, I, like, that's, that's good. Like, again, the whole fact that they can have a digital install disc where it makes it quicker is so much better. But I just think that's why the games industry's been holding off for so long, because they look around the world and they're looking to, like, third world countries that do have the ability to game, and they go, these countries don't actually have the infrastructure for us to send a game out to them to play because it would take months, weeks for them to even play this game. And it's 
it's not that's why I'm saying it's not sustainable as of right now because again technologies are always increasing like the inter- internet speeds are going to go up like fiber is coming into play like 5G is going to be a thing in the future as well so speeds are always going to be increasing and that's the thing is like as soon as like technology increases like I could see a digital future going forward but as of right now I think that's why the games industry still pumps out discs because there is the average show like Josh where running at 18 megabit per second speeds and you can't download every single game without having to not play it that day and it kind of sucks for people that do have that kind of kind of terrible internet like what do you think about this josh because unfortunately you have no 100 100 percent. like i think like if these publishers could go all digital tomorrow they would they oh, yeah. really really would i mean their profit margins would go through the roof yeah, if these publishers could go all digital tomorrow, like I said, they definitely would. Yeah, I agree. But it's the internet. It's the internet speeds across the world that's really slowing them down. And that's why, like, physical copies of games are still very beneficial to a lot of people. I guess for me, like, the biggest benefit of a digital game is just not having to get off my couch and swapping disc. Um, that's a huge benefit to me. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's something I have to live with as being like a physical, a physical owner. But I mean, I guess it saves you like a few minutes, not even a few minutes, like a few seconds of having to get off your, your ass and swapping discs. Like that's, I guess that's a huge benefit along with just, uh, I don't know, just being able to swap games and being able to play a lot faster. So. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like the lazy, the lazy lifestyle is quite a difficult lifestyle to leave. So, like, yeah, yeah. I encourage it. <laughs> Even me being like a physical copy owner, I've had Bioshock Infinite in my PlayStation Four for like weeks now, and every time I boot up my PS Four, it's still it's like the first thing that pops up, and I probably should take that disc out because like I beat it, I, I like I platinum that game. But for some reason, I I haven't I haven't taken out the disc for whatever reason. And if I was living in an all digital future, that that wouldn't be like the first thing that like prompts me every single time I boot up my console. So it is a great game, Bioshock Infinite as well. So oh yeah, fantastic, fucking great game. Ten out of ten, would recommend. Yeah. Like, do you think game exclusives like like? It's quite a difficult one. So, like, game exclusives, do you think that's going to be a thing in the past? Like, say, for example, like, we've got Microsoft, we've got Xbox, and we've got Nintendo. Like, do you think they're all going to still have, like, say, for example, 10 years in the future, do you think there's still going to be an Xbox, a PlayStation, and then whatever the fuck Nintendo makes um, in the future? Or do you think it's just going to be one box? (laughs) Man, in a perfect world, if that were true, that would be amazing. Well, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to see like a little bit of like cross. We're seeing cross play. Cross play is a thing now, and that's awesome. I love that I could have a copy of Fall Guys on PlayStation, and I could play with like PC players, and eventually like uh, my Xbox players and Switch players and stuff like that. Like that's like that's great, mm-hmm. but. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to play one one console where I'm able to play that newest that new Mario game 
and then switch over to that new Last of Us game, and then switch over to like that new Halo game all in one console. I mean, that would be great, but exclusives are what drive the consoles, right? Like, yeah. if Nintendo didn't have exclusives, there would be almost no reason to own uh, a Nintendo product, right? I mean, that's the strongest thing that they have going for them is just their IPs. Their IPs are worth so much. I mean, I love Nintendo's hardware. I think it's great. I mean, the Switch is pretty good. I love that, you know, it's a hybrid between, like, a console game, a console, like a home console, and then you could also play it on the go. Like, I think that's really cool. But Nintendo relies a lot on gimmicks, and I'm yeah. more of just, like, a hardcore gamer where I just want to turn a console on, have a proper controller, and just game on the couch. I mean, that's just me. And I understand I'm not everyone's cup of tea like everyone everyone has like their own way of playing games and that's cool and i love having nintendo being like being who they are i mean they're just a weird company and they they pave their own way right Mm -hmm. and i I love creativity i mean xbox and sony can fight it out for their most powerful console and everything like that and you know everything being 4k and frames per seconds and stuff like that and then and then there's nintendo on this other their field where they're just like yeah like we're 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 printing out cartridges and like <laughs> you can play with your we're just doing like all this other stuff like look at us like you can play our console on the go and blah 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 and it's just like it's cool i like having variety like i like having variety in the gaming industry and, and nintendo has done such an amazing job like carving out their own path and i don't ever want to see that change where all these big companies come come as one to some degree and I don't think it ever will happen. So I don't know, David, like, do you think exclusives and one, maybe one day all these companies coming together as one, like, do you actually see that being a thing? Well, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I don't think anytime soon though, I think in the future, the thing is when you're making a game, um, there's two types of people. There's the first-party developers that focus on first-party consoles. So let's say, for example, you've got Naughty Dog that focuses on um, PlayStation, and then you've got your Xbox people, which is like 343, which is focusing on the next most powerful like Xbox game, so Halo. But then you've got your third-party developers, like Ubisoft, EA, that develop for, for both consoles. And the thing is, is like everyone always asks, why is third-party games crap? Like it's not crap, but like they what they pump out a lot of games really quickly because third party they have to make it for both games, so they don't actually have the power and the time to work on just one collective game idea. And that's I, I think this is a, a again this is a separate podcast by itself, but um, <laughs> discussing that kind of aspect of the games industry. But I was thinking before we kind of had this conversation is. In the future, hardware is all going to become very similar. So, um, we all, again, we all run pretty much this PlayStation and the Xbox pretty much run similar hardware. One's slightly more powerful than the other, um, but pretty much is the exact same. So, in the future, I'm saying 10 years just because I can't see it in the next, like, five. They're going to have, like, a virtual box. So, say, for example, they'll have, like, 
this universal box that's got the identical hardware and then what they'll do is they'll have a virtual platform so like i did say like netflix has its own thing so why don't they have playstation netflix and they have like xbox streaming services and the nintendo streaming service so when they're publishing for games they all have the exact same hardware so all you have to do is you have to sign on to your streaming box um and then just sign into your specific information so you just sign into your sony streaming service or you sign into your microsoft streaming service or your nintendo streaming service because the thing is is what publisher has ever made money off a console like microsoft only made money off the 360 yeah nintendo 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 makes money off their consoles on day one it's crazy they 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 make their consoles super cheap and they're profitable on day one when it comes to sony and microsoft they lose money on every single console sale and the reason why they do that is because they know they're going to make money off their software sales later on to counter to balance that out but nintendo is like i don't know they're they're doing their own thing yeah they're doing their own thing and and clearly they benefit from it so exactly and the thing is is like Nintendo or Microsoft and Sony are going to see this and be like, all right, what the hell? Like, why are we losing money on every single console we make? Like, yes, we sell a lot of games and we make money from our games, but why don't we just make a platform that, again, Sony was very negative. Like, when cross-platform became a thing, um, Microsoft was straight on it. They are like, yo, fuck it, let's do cross-platform. And then mm-hmm. Sony was one of the people that were like, I don't know. <laughs> they were one of the people like, oh, I'm not too sure about doing this. They always kept holding out for it. And then they finally came on board. Like, why can they just say fuck it and just like be friends? <laughs> and it's not taking away from exclusively games, but what it's doing is it's making its own streaming service for the gamer. So like the gamers got their virtual balls because if you think about it, it cuts down on the prices. Like, no one can buy a PS5. No one, but everyone can buy an Xbox because it's an Xbox. Uh, but everyone can, can't buy a PS5. So why don't they just make this one virtual box that everyone can buy and then just make the money off of the competitive streaming services? But that would probably be the smart option, but. Right. Well, after, after hearing what you just said, it made me actually like, think rethink everything i kind of said about how i don't see it happening okay so you know how like xbox has game pass currently oh yes so you can you can you can play like game pass is on xbox and it's on pc right yes well for the last couple years sony has been slowly like trickling out like some of their exclusives onto the pc so for example you can play uh, Death Stranding on PC. You can play Horizon on PC. I even think like Uncharted 4 is being ported to PC or already has, right? So Sony is playing with the idea of bringing their consoles onto PC. So theoretically, if I just owned a PC and I had Game Pass and let's just say in the next few years... Uh, Sony also like maybe beefs up PlayStation Now or they create their own streaming service and they call it something else. That's two out of the three big uh, console giants, right? Yep. So if I have a PC, I might 
theoretically be able to play all my Xbox games on, you know, the, the Game Pass app. And then if Sony has an app, uh, let's just call it PlayStation Now app. So I'd have both of those apps on my PC. And then mm-hmm. Nintendo's the oddball. That's the yeah, problem. Nintendo are. does whatever the fuck Nintendo wants, right? And they've never ported anything. You'll, I, I don't know, like, if Mario ever comes to PC, like, my mouth will drop. But you just never know, right? But... If you have two out of two of the three big console giants on PC, I mean that's a big step forward. So yeah. who knows? I the don't know. Is, Nintendo. I don't know if Nintendo will ever do it, but you, 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 <laughs> they do whatever they want. So because there's again, there's two types of gamers. There's the PC gamers that when you the thing is with PC gaming is you have to buy your computer. Like it has to run, so it's going to be expensive. Like to buy like a gaming laptop nowadays is anywhere up from like a thousand dollars up to like ten, like five. I mean, it could be as as cheap or as expensive as you want it to be, right? If it's a gaming machine, it has to run certain games, so you need a good graphics card. So you're thinking about a grand, probably more, to actually run stuff. At least, yeah, yeah. The thing is, with PC gaming, is it's always. You always have to replace your hardware. So after a while, you're like, oh, I'm maybe I'll replace my graphics card. So that's another six hundred dollars. But the thing is, with console gaming, like you can have your console for like six years, and then you never have to replace it. Yes, like after a while, like you see the speed drop on it, you see the fan going several thousand miles an hour and sounding like it's going to blow up. But it's one of those things where PC gaming is. It's probably what the future is probably going to go towards, but the idea of having this virtual box, it creates like a universal set of hardware where someone that doesn't want to buy a PC or have any part of a PC can just buy this and have all the influences of having a console because there's a type of people that just want to pick a controller up, game for like 20 minutes, turn it off and that's then done. Or there's a type of people want to turn their PC on, start streaming, and then do that as a full-time kind of job. But there's those two types of people in my book. But. Sure, sure. Like, what do you think is going to happen to the competition between these publishers? Like, do you... Because you know how, like, there's those Sony ponies, and then there's, like, the X-boners, and, like, <laughs> there's always, like, the console rivalry. And I, and I understand, like, a lot of that stems from, like, the consumer, like you and I, yeah. like we we we're the ones that create the beef. If I'm being honest, like yeah, yeah, sometimes like Sony can be shady towards Microsoft and vice versa, but a lot of that competition and a lot of that like who's better, who's greater, blah blah blah, like that comes from us, the consumers. Yeah, so like if we were all on like let's just say one, if if all the console publishers and like uh, sorry like all the big console manufacturers and stuff like that where all had like an app on like a PC would that rivalry and everything like that would that still be a thing or do you think like people would just be like yeah okay cool I I have everything on one console there's no need to have like this rivalry anymore well that's the thing is like if you look at it as well a lot of like this is already kind of happening with crossplay for example like they're talking about like say for example Fall Guys, I know it's not on um Xbox or Nintendo yet, but 
when it does come on to them, they've they've always stated that there is going to be crossplay enabled for it. So technically, this is already kind of happened. Like you always bitch about it. For example, like when I lose against a PC player, I'm always like, oh, he's hacking. Like he's right. fucking better than me. Like it's one of those things where I, I like I, I assume it, but I feel like it's already starting to happen. Like crossplay is going to be a thing. Like it happens in Call of Duty already. For example, like. You do play against other people on different consoles, and it's or like crossplay was one of those things where they introduced it slowly, but it's going to be a thing. It's like the start of the digital age, in my opinion, because if you can play with other people, why can't Sony and Microsoft play together? Like no homo, but like why can't they play together? Right. right. I don't I, I can I can see the competition or like that rivalry kind of going away if we go to an all digital future and everyone's playing ball together I think it would just be beneficial for everyone mm-hmm. do I actually see it happening though oh. no I mean people have a preference and that's just how it goes I mean there's there's competition and everything I mean look at the the phone market you're either an android person or you're an, an iphone person right and will that ever change is there is there going to be like one phone to like bring everyone together no it's never going to happen right yeah it's going to be the android phone right <laughs> right so no no, no. We're, we're, uh, we're it's so hard it's i mean in a, okay go for it it's going to be android like just establish this josh because Right, Apple's going to disappear and just, they're going to stop making iPhones. Uh, uh, sorry, guys, I do not like Apple. Like, I just I just cannot stand Apple. Like, every time Josh has got an iPhone and I've got an Android phone, I've always owned Android and I've always took, like, the stick for it as a guy where everyone's like, oh, Android's crap. Like, he can't take pictures on it or he can't do this and this and that. And just, yeah, we went off topic, but... Well, it's interesting, right? Because the only re- the only reason why like the PlayStation exists is because Nintendo fucked over Sony. And then Sony was like, "Okay, well, we're going to create a console to fuck over Nintendo, right?" And then that's how the PlayStation 1 became a thing. So like I understand like that was well over 20 years ago, like t- close to 30 years ago at this point and obviously like the dust has settled. Well, like, it'd be interesting to see, like, those two companies, like, working together because they have never worked together since that day, back in the early 90s when Sony was trying to make a disc tray for the Super Nintendo and then Nintendo last minute, like, fucked them over and then went to Philips instead. And then that console never ended up seeing the light of day. And, I mean, I would love to see it happen. I just, it's so hard for me to fathom. Like, these are such difficult questions to answer because me and David, we're not fortune tellers, but sometimes the writing is on the wall. And I do yeah. think, like, all, an all digital future is writing on the wall. Whether or not these big companies are all going to be friends and work together, that's a huge fucking question mark. I don't know. David doesn't know. This is all speculation at this point. I mean, I would love to see it, but. Yeah. I just, I, I can't see it. I'm sorry. I just can't see it. No, I can't see it either, to be honest. Like, I've never seen Sony or Microsoft be friendly with one another. Yeah, 
Yeah, they they yeah they always kind of like give the other the other company like little jabs, right? Like when the Xbox One came out, Sony had this little commercial where they had a physical copy of the game, and then they handed it over to like the other guy, and they're like, "Gee, thank you," because at that time the Xbox One was coming out, and they were trying to put like a lock on like physical games, where like if I bought a physical copy of an Xbox One game. I, I essentially, like, that game would be locked to my console, and I couldn't even, like, let my brother play it on his Xbox One. And there was all that controversy going around, and then Sony took advantage of, like, Sony's, like, misstep, and then made a commercial about it. And, like, that kind of stuff happens all the time. So to see these 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 big companies just becoming friends with each other, I, I just don't see it. I, I'm sorry, guys. I want to see it. I wish... I wish, I wish, but it's just not going to happen. No. And that's that. It's quite a bad way to end it as well, isn't it? Just no one wants to be friends with one another. I know, it's sad, but that's competition. It is. Unfortunately. There's got to be one winner, and all these companies are in the game to be the best. So, I mean, there's a reason why people talk about console sales and how many copies of, of a certain game get sold, and so on and so forth. I mean, the PlayStation 5 just reached, like, a huge uh, landmark where they sold 10 million consoles, and Microsoft has has been kind of not been willing to reveal their sales for a long time just because, like, Sony was eating their lunch for such a long time. Microsoft was like, you know what, we're, we're not really going to give you guys any numbers anymore and it's estimated that the xbox series has sold around like 6.5 million so right now at this point when we're recording in 2021 like sony's almost doubling microsoft sales in terms of console sales Mm -hmm. and we'll see where we'll see where that future goes but sony loves to to show off and you know tell people so because they're in first place so why wouldn't the winner want to tell you know, the public, how many consoles they sold, right? If you're in second place or in third place, you might be a little bit more embarrassed to, to say those numbers, right? So That's true. There's a wise man once said, you're first or you're last. If Ricky you're not Bobby. first, you're last. Yeah, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yep. So, Josh, like, being, like, a physical owner, do you feel like, what, how do you feel about an old digital future going further forward? I'm going to be honest, uh, I don't love the idea, but I can't change the future. These companies are going to do what they want, and I'm just going to have to adjust with the times. It's unfortunate, but, I mean, the digital future is coming sooner than than we realize. And like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, it was very, it was unprecedented that you know, Sony, you know, came out with two SKUs, the all digital and the all physical. And that was just to kind of test the waters for people just to see how people felt about it. And there's a good chance that that next PlayStation 6 will only come with one SKU and that's going to be a digital only console. And that's just how I feel. That's where I think it's going to go. And it's sad because I do love my physical copies, guys. But there's plenty of games that I haven't that I that I haven't played and that I don't have in my collection. And 
those physical copies will still exist. So I'll still have my hobby. I'm still going to have things that I'm going to search for and everything like that. But going forward, it's going to be all digital. What do you like? I know you're also a physical owner and you love physical games. Like, how do you feel about the idea of like an all digital future? Um, I'm a bit sad about it, to be honest, but like going forward, I do believe that companies will go down the route of making streaming services. So gaming is going to be more acceptable towards like casual gamers and more gamers. And I think the prices of gaming will actually go down just because they'll make it as a streaming service. So it'll make it cheaper to actually game. Because again, gaming right now is like £50 to buy a game. Like back in high school days, you'd be like, shit, I can only buy one game and I need to figure out what game it's going to be. Like, it's one of those things where I think gaming is going to be more worldwide accepted and more played. Like, again, the gaming industry is already bigger than the movie industry as a whole. So it sucks the fact that I can't, I might not be able to get a copy of my game that I really want to display on my shelf. But if anyone, if I can play the game cheaper and I have, like, I have more access to it, I think it might be a good thing. Like, I know it's not the best for you with your 18 megabits per second, second uh, like internet, but if we can go down the route of where it's going to be like downloadable rather than streaming, like, I think, I think it's going to be actually a good thing to be honest with you. Like, I'm upset, but actually happy at the same time. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of sad that I'm not going to have, like, newer games on my shelf. But at the same time, like, the idea of having, like, this Netflix for games excites the hell out of me. Yeah. Because let's just say that new game is coming out that we all want to play. And if mm-hmm. we all have that streaming service, like, everyone has Netflix, we'll all be able to play. And no one's going to be left out for, like, a, a cheap price of, like, a monthly fee. So, like, let's say, for example, like... Back for Blood is coming out on Game Pass, right? If you and I both owned an Xbox and we both paid our monthly fee for Game Pass, you and I would both be able to play that game no problem. And let's just say we had another buddy and he had an Xbox, like, hey, bro, get Game Pass. It's, you know, Xbox has some amazing deals where you can yeah. get Game Pass for a, a dollar, right? Yeah. Like, they have special offers like that. So imagine, like, we'll all be able to play uh that game, just like everyone's able to watch that new season of Stranger Things because everyone owns Netflix, right? It's going to yeah. be like that for video games, and that excites the hell out of me. Like, that's the biggest benefit of going all digital and having, like, these streaming, not streaming services, you know what I mean, but, like, mm-hmm. these, like, these services that these companies are offering, kind of like Microsoft's, like, Game Pass. Like, that's definitely yeah. the biggest benefit of going all digital is that everyone's going to have access to these games for a, a low low price yeah i agree and it's going to open up the floodgates for to many many more people right because yeah. even so microsoft guys buying it up, oh, like microsoft bought like bethesda recently as well like the library of game pass is mass very very mass and, and it's only getting bigger it's only getting bigger every single week you know, exactly. so Microsoft's always announcing like, okay, this game's coming to to Game Pass, and yeah, I understand that they the they go away and that they have to make space for an, that new game coming in, and so 
like things fluctuate and things come and go off the uh, Game Pass store. But I mean, it happens with Netflix, guys. It happens with all these streaming services. Unfortunately, you you just have to be there at the right time if you want to play something. If not, that that digital copy is always going to be up on the store if you really really need it. And yeah. Again, like if we go to an all digital future, hopefully that game will be cheaper than um what they are right now. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Understand. So yeah, no, I, I, I I'm excited and a little sad at the same time, but it's to be expected, guys. So yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed episode two of the gaming hour podcast. As always, my name's been Joshua Beamer and I'm joined by my co host. My name's David. All right, guys, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace, guys.